Welcome to Making Sense of Parenting. This show is dedicated to helping parents change chaos, confusion, and struggle into calm, clear connections with their kids, all in a way that aligns with their faith. Hey there, I'm your host, Kelly Shoup, helping you navigate the bumpy road of raising kids. Let's dive into today's topic. Moms have meltdowns too. What? Did I just say that? Moms have meltdowns? Every mom I know and have known over the last 20 years of helping moms, moms have meltdowns. Only ours look very different than our four or five-year-old child. Or they should look different than our four or five or five-year-old child. And also, every other age of child has meltdowns, but they also look different at the different ages and the different stages as a child grows, as a human grows throughout their lifetime. And that's what we're going to talk about today on our show, because I want moms to have an understanding Not that it's okay that you have meltdowns multiple times a day, because I wouldn't want that, but just know that you're going to have them. And so the negative self-talk and the feeling terrible and, you know, just regret and remorse and just the feeling that, oh my goodness, I am the worst parent because this happened, can sometimes be so debilitating and destructive to mothers that I just wanted to be clear and honest that we all have them. Even the mom that you see at the park who you think, there's no way. This is the mom who has it all together. She has all these kids. They all look perfect. She is so loving and kind. There is no way she ever loses her cool with her children. But she does, I guarantee, at some point, she acts in a way that could be considered a mom meltdown. So today we are going to talk about some of the most common ways that I have observed reasons why a mom might have a meltdown and some ways to avoid this. But the first thing I'm going to say is just open your awareness to the fact that you do have them. And that's always the first step is knowing, okay, yes, I'm actually guilty of this too. Now mine looks so different than my five-year-olds, but I still have them. And the reason that I want you to be okay with having them and actually even having them in front of your kids is because I want your children to know that when they have them or experience feelings of frustration and anger and behave in a way that they cannot control, that, well, that's kind of normal. That's the normal human condition because it is. 
And that normal human condition was always meant to be walking closely to God. And so we always need to invite God's grace that will be the change agent that allows us to show up differently and for our meltdowns to be minimized or mitigated. But to just, again, be honest that we do not, as parents, have perfect behavior and it's okay. In fact, it's healthy for our kids to see that because when they see that that you aren't perfect, then when they have their meltdown, outburst, whatever it is, they don't feel that something is very, very wrong with them. And as kids get older and they do have feelings of frustration, we're, we're teaching them how to deal with it by modeling it for ourselves and verbalizing and saying, I'll say, I often say to my kids, this is so aggravating. You know, I want to do this. I want to throw my computer through the window, but I can't. So I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to go take a walk around the block and I'm going to calm my nervous system and I'm going to calm my sensory system and I'm going to reset my mental system and get outside, get in nature and reset. So that's what we want to be showing our kids. Not that this is never going to happen because that's not realistic. But that when it does, we can choose healthy ways to deal with it because that's what we're trying to do as an adult and that there are other ways to deal with it. Okay, so several, again, similarities with moms that I have been helping over the years in that what will cause a meltdown? Here is the first one. Changes. Changes in the routine, changes, abrupt changes. Okay, I am a good example of this because this has happened to me all week long. There has been an ice storm that has hit Dallas. It hit Monday afternoon. The kids have been out of school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. My youngest, Rachel, was supposed to go back to school. So when I put the time to do this live show at nine o'clock, I thought, okay, I'll get her on the bus a little after eight. My older one goes at 10. This, the time that I scheduled for this would be great, except my youngest school decided they were going to have a late start and the bus was going to, she was going to need to bu- meet the bus right at the exact time that I was starting this live show. So then I pivoted and had her sister, who was going to take her, provided the streets were good, drop her at the bus, and then she would go to school late. So I sent an email to the school. Anyway, so then my older one's school, the youngest ones got canceled this morning at 645, and the older ones got pushed to a later date, 1040 this morning. So anyway, all these changes that I'm trying to navigate as well as try to work and keep track of all the other commitments and things that I have going on. So I have been stressed. I have had like, um, my heart rate has been up. I have had muscles constricted, like I'm tight, I'm tense. How am I going to get all this to work? What do I need to do? You know, is it safe for my 16 year old to drive because the roads have been icy? What am I going to do about that? So, but it's when these changes occur that that's when moms have a meltdown. 
And so just know that, oh, this could be a time. And so what have I done this morning? I have done some breathing exercises. I have laid on the floor and done some rhythmic movements and relaxing exercises because I can sense that stress in myself. And it's helped me not melt down because I know how to mitigate those feelings. And so again, that awareness is so key. Like what could trip us up if we know about it? And we know these things are the things that trip us up, then we can show up differently. So it's those changes. And another reason the changes really are difficult for moms is because a lot of our routine, a lot of our day, our brains and our bodies are functioning on autopilot. So a lot of the things that we do in our day are habituated. They're things we do every day. We fix breakfast, we clean up, we drive the kids to school, all of this stuff. And I feel like a lot of moms, we need that to be on autopilot so we can do all the other things that we have to do that are new or different or check this out or contact that person or figure out about that team. Or So we need some of us to function a little bit on autopilot to just kind of save that mental bandwidth and physical bandwidth also so we can keep going throughout our day. But when these changes hit, we're like, oh, that that messes it up. And then we have to reconfigure everything. And so this morning, I felt like I was just, you know, everything I'd put in place last night, just completely all that work was gone. And then I had to reshuffle and reconfigure this morning to get everything to work. So changes are a big one that will make moms melt down. So be on the lookout for that one. Okay, the second thing is movement and your body. So moms, I feel like the majority of moms that I know, they leave their body behind. They really don't do the best job in being attuned to their body, to taking care of their body, listening to it. Oh, my heart rate is up. Oh, my muscles are contracted. What's going on here? What is making me upset? What's causing me to about have this meltdown where I'm about to lose it? Our body is definitely giving us clues before we actually snap. So if we're tuned into our body and listening to the signals that it is giving us, We can, again, mitigate that meltdown and not snap. We can do things to offset it. And just to know that our bodies are physically made to give life. So we have, you know, been co-creators with our spouse and God to create a human. So we are the nourishers. We are the nurturers. We fed, you know, I fed three babies breastfeeding for a year. So we have done all of that for them. And that is our natural instinct to keep sacrificing ourselves and our comfort and all of that to take care of our family and our children. But after our child has been born, we have to make a very conscious effort to take care of what our body needs. And it, it's counterintuitive. It goes against what we 
innately want to do, which is give and give and give of ourselves until we are completely depleted to help our kids and our family. So we need to, again, be more tuned into our body. Do we need more sleep? Did we not even have a decent meal? Do we eat breakfast and then here it is dinner time and we didn't have anything in between? That could be a reason that a mom could melt down. So again, we are called to take care of ourselves, to eat well, to get sleep, to get exercise. And so move your body. This is a big thing for me, the therapist in me, years of training in neurodevelopment, neuroscience, movement. There are so many ways that God gives us access to things that will help us not melt down when we move our body because he created the body, mind, soul to be together all the time. So when we are moving our body, we are actually helping our mind. We are releasing chemicals that put us in a better place that help us have clarity, make better decisions. And so if you feel like you are on the verge of having a meltdown, go take a walk around the block outside. Go take, just go stand outside for a minute and move your body in some way, shape, or form. Could be a jumping jack. Could just be walking in circles. Could be go outside, throw the ball for your dog. Whatever it is, just get your body moving because that helps your nervous system. It helps your sensory system. It helps all of the systems in your body. When you can be plugged into your body, move it and use those natural free tools that are inside our body and automatically will happen that God gave us when we are on the verge of a meltdown. So be plugged into your body, move it, listen to it to know and to help you right before you are about to melt down. Okay. The third thing, and this again is similar to changes, but I'm going to call it transitions. So the third way that moms will often have a meltdown is during transitions. Now, I describe transitions usually with younger kids as these are the kids who struggle to get, you know, out the door in the mornings. That transition from home to school can be difficult. That transition from you know, coming inside at the end of the evening right before dinner. They don't want to stop what they're doing. So transitions for smaller kids happen in a smaller amount of time. But the transitions for moms that can sometimes cause meltdowns are transitions that are fairly big and happen kind of over an extended period of time. But again, as long as you know they are coming and you're aware and you're aware that you are extra stressed or this is unfamiliar, could be just uncomfortable, not really bad, again, just different. So let me give you an example of this for me this fall was my son going off to college. So that was a transition. It was sad when he left and it wasn't a bad thing. I definitely didn't want him staying at home and not going off to college, but it was a big change for our family, the way our family routine functioned, how often we saw him, how often we talked to him, all of these things. And so I very 
clearly stated it. We are in a transition phase. We were also in a transition phase at the end of the year when he graduated from high school. Again, all summer long was this kind of big transition. And it was stating it and saying exactly what it is for all of my kids to know. Like, we don't know how we're going to feel about this. We've never really done this before. Will's never gone off to college before. So are we going to be emotional? It's okay to cry. How are we going to feel? So again, when you can state it, you give your children comfort because they understand, oh, this is what this is. Because again, moms, I often say to moms, they pick up on our energy. Your kids are so influenced by you in nonverbal things, your energy, your nonverbal body language, the way that you're carrying yourself. They can tell when you're stressed. They can tell when you are on edge. So if you don't say anything and actually say, oh, I'm fine, everything's good, it's very confusing to kids. Because they're picking up on something different. They're like, nope, something is definitely not good. But mom is saying it's all okay and good. So they learn not to trust themselves and what their read is on the situation. So I'm just very intentional about calling it out. This is what this is. Like we are in a transition. It's going to take us probably six months. And it probably did. We started, I would say, April, May. And it went till September to figure out what life was going to be like with, you know, one of my kids not living at home and his siblings not having him at home. So voice it, be understanding, and then your kids have a safe environment to feel however they're going to feel about it. And they will come to you to deal with it as they're watching you which is always a very healthy thing. Other transitions could be a move. They don't have to be something as significant as a child leaving for college. It could be, you know, a child switching from elementary school to middle school. It could be so many different things. And so moms, I don't ever want to put you in a box and tell you what type of transition, you know, this is a transition. If something else is going on in your family. Nope, that's not a transition. You should not have a meltdown over that. That is never my place. And again, you are unique. God made you unique. And so your ability to navigate the transitions in your family, whatever those are in whatever ways, totally fine. It's different than me. Different is not wrong. It's just different. So just own those transitions for you. What is going to be hard? For some people, the transition when their youngest child goes to kindergarten is is huge, that there's no other child that's going to be home with them. Everybody's gone and they're at school all day. For some moms, that's not at all. They're like dropping that last kid off, barely shutting the door, and they're zooming away to go do all the fun things they wanted to do. So again, everybody is different in what their transition means and how they will deal with it. But when you know that they're coming or when one's going to be coming up on a horizon for your family, you cannot melt down because you're aware, okay, this is coming. How am I going to deal with this stress? How am I going to deal with, you know, 
what's what's happening here. Okay, the next one is a major event or something of importance. Could be first communion for your second grader, could be younger sister getting married, could be 50th wedding anniversary, you know, there's some big event that matters to you, your spouse, your kids, your family. And that often is a time when a mom will melt down. Why? Because again, this is a big thing that's going to matter. And so if it's important to, you know, to grandparents or aunts and uncles, or we all have to be at this specific place and my kids are going to be the ring bearer and the flower girl and all of this has to happen. That's very much a place when a mom can have a meltdown because she's feeling the pressure, uh, pressure from her family, her, you know, parents and her sister who's going to get married. And then also she's feeling the pressure to have her kids show up in a specific way to be successful and be a part of this wedding. So that's pressure and that's stress and that can cause a meltdown. But when she knows, okay, this is this big event, it's going to happen. How am I going to deal with that that weekend? What am I going to do for myself to get myself, my nervous system, my sensory system, my mental system? What am I going to do to set myself up to be okay that day, to not melt down? What am I going to do for me? Oh, and what else do I need to figure out to set my kids up so they do not melt down? This is often where parents who have done the sensory profile quiz or sensory profile assessment, it is free on my Instagram in the link tree, Kelly K. Shoup. You can get some insight in the things that will cause your kids to possibly melt down. And again, we want to identify what those things are so we can help them by navigating those things adjusting, pivoting, being flexible, so they don't melt down. Again, we can do that for ourselves too. Here's the hot button for me. I'm very hearing impaired. So if I can avoid situations that are really loud, then I'm not going to be as drained. I'm not going to be as tired. I'm not going to be as fatigued and on edge. And then I'm not going to melt down. So understanding that. Okay, so an important event The other thing is moms can melt down if there is an issue. So this is the thing I think is if there's something dangerous or there's a safety concern. So if I've been in situations, I've been swimming where we've had a child that was drowning in the pool with me and another mom and I had to react and navigate eight kids during this. It might be a car accident. It could be all kinds of things. An accident that happens right on your sidewalk in front of your house where a kid wrecks their bike and splits open their chin. This could be a reason that could cause a mom to melt down because again, it's a safety, there's a danger concern, and we want to react quickly in the right way. We want to get parents called All of these things can cause moms to melt down. So again, just being aware of it, we can know, okay, I am going to be on edge if this ever happens. And I already have a plan that in the moment, these three things are going to save me. I'm going to do some breathing. I'm going to, um, you know, move 
move my body this way, whatever your thing is, you can have a plan already so that in the moment of something dangerous or safety-wise happens, you've got a plan that you can put in place because you've already established it. Huge, huge help for you and also for your kids because in a dangerous, unsafe, you know, like the the child who was drowning at the pool, I had to very quickly get all the kids while the other mom went to get the other kid, the kid drowning out of the pool and give him CPR. And so I had to pull myself together and get my nervous system okay and be calm enough to calm these seven kids who were saying, what's going on? And oh my goodness, and how's that? And whistles were blowing and lifeguards were running around. It was crazy. But those kids were looking at me. How how's my mom showing up? How's Mrs. Shoop? What is she doing? Okay, I'm okay. So again, our kids are looking to us to see how to navigate a situation like that. And we want to be able to be calm and okay. So then they feel okay also. Okay. The next way moms melt down, this happens all the time, is multi-layers piled on. Now, what this can look like for you, and I always tell moms, you have so many levels of things piled up already that nobody really talks about because moms are always worried about, well, what happened yesterday? What backlash is coming at me from yesterday that I didn't, that email I didn't, or one child forgot that, or this happened. So we've also got We've always got yesterday we're dealing with, we're in the moment with today, and we've logistically created all of that. We've got food in the fridge and meals planned and doctor's appointment and game scheduled and the soccer cleats and what our spouse is doing. Oh, that's right. He's traveling and he's coming into the airport. All of this stuff moms are keeping track of. We have all these plates and we're juggling all of it really well. And then the one thing that can add that makes us lose it and snap is if there's another couple layers piled on. And it might look like a mom who calls you and says, oh my goodness, I'm. can you pick up Jack from school and take him to the soccer game because I had a work thing show up? Oh, and do you mind? I'm going to go ahead and drop my three-year-old at your house too. If you can just take them to the game, then I will show up at the game. So you now have one other child with you at the moment, and then you're going to pick up another one and you're headed to a soccer game. And you're the team mom who kind of navigates who's bringing snack. But all of a sudden the coach, you get a text from the coach and he's sick. So can you stand in and be the soccer coach? So you've got the three-year-old on your hip. Oh, plus your other kids. And now you're the soccer coach. So all of like the a couple more layers piled onto all the other layers that are all going on inside the space of your brain and head and your body, that can be enough to cause a meltdown. And maybe you don't melt down during the soccer game. And as you're holding, you know, the three-year-old that you now have, plus your own three kids and you're coaching soccer, maybe you hold it all together beautifully until the soccer game is over and then you get in your car. So Jack has gone home with his mom and his three-year-old sister has gone home. The soccer game, you don't know how, but you actually won the soccer game and you're not a soccer coach. You're just, you know, again, you're the snack coordinator, but for whatever reason, all went well. 
So you get in your car, you get your three kids strapped in, you take a deep breath like, and then all of a sudden, one of your kids says something and you snap. What is that? What in the world? Okay, that is a meltdown of a delayed response. Like that wanted to happen probably right at the beginning of the soccer game and right before it started, but you knew you couldn't do that. So you held it in, you were self-regulating all of your systems, showing up in a good way, but then when you get in the car, that's when that overflow can happen and it happens for our kids too. So I tell parents so often, your kids are holding it together all day long if they're in school. They're doing exactly what the teacher said, and they're not fidgeting in the line for the library, and they've packed up their lunch exactly like they're supposed to. They followed all the rules. Great. But then when they get in your car right after school, they have a meltdown. They have a six-year-old meltdown. They have a 12-year-old meltdown, whatever that looks like, because it's different than the six-year-old meltdown, and they need just a little bit of time to let loose. It might not really be a full-on meltdown. It might be a snarky comment, but again, it's going to be a release of, whew, I held it all together till now. So just know, moms, that you are like that also. And so after the soccer game, you could get in your car and think, oh my goodness, I just rocked it. I had all these things that happened and we did it. And then your child makes one comment or whines or gives, you know, throws his apple at his sister and then you snap. That has nothing to do with your child, really. It has everything to do do with you being at a place where you were at your limit. You were at your limit before that soccer game started. And so this is just the outlet of it. And so again, it's okay. These are things are going to happen. And when they happen, I don't want moms to feel such despair and discouragement. And oh, I am the worst mom. I'm a bad mom. I'm a total failure. My kid's totally going to be screwed up forever. No, I just want you to know like, darn, I wish I wouldn't have shown up like that. But this gives you a chance again to show your kids you're a human, you're not perfect. And it also gives you a chance to model apologizing, repairing and reconciling. And when kids can see their parents do this from a very young age in a very healthy way, it is incredibly good. Because then these kids also know, I'm not going to be perfect. I don't expect to be watching my parents, they aren't perfect. I know how to apologize because I've been taught that because my mom has had to apologize to me. And I know how to repair and rectify and reconcile a meaningful relationship because my mom's been doing that with me pretty much the whole time I've been growing up. So that's a really good space, a really good place for a child to see what that looks like. And moms, I will tell you, there are a lot of parents who have a very hard time apologizing to their young child. They do not want to admit weakness. They do not want to admit that they could look wrong or show up as not the all-knowing perfect parent. Nobody wants a perfect parent. Can you imagine the pressure? And there are lots of pressure that kids have to be constantly perfect for their parents. 
But parents, you have a bad day, you have a tired day, you have a grumpy day, you have a rainy day where you're like, I just want to curl up with a book and have a good cup of tea. I do not want a parent today. I don't want an adult today. I don't want to play chauffeur today. I don't want to be the grocery getter today. And if we are having all those feelings, our kids for sure have those too. They have a day they don't want to play soccer. They have a day that they do not want to go to school again. They have a day they don't want to have to take their library book back and do this and that. That's the normal human condition. So let's be transparent and open and honest about it and show our kids, guide them, model what we should do, what they should do when meltdowns happen. Okay, the last one I want to talk to you about, and moms, this is so incredibly important, is that isolation or loneliness is something that I see over and over again will cause a mom to melt down. Now, isolation and loneliness for a mom does not mean that she has no other humans in her space. In fact, her kitchen could be completely full of all these little people who need her and they need her to cut and dice and slice and prepare meals or teenagers who are coming in and out. But it is isolation from other women. Moms, we need other women in our life. We need that community. We need that connection. We need the chemicals. Oxytocin is released for us when we are doing things with other groups of women. I work out with other groups of women because I know that that gives me extra feel good chemicals. Women, female, we are innately want to be, we are relational. It's one of our gifts, our feminine genius. We are relation beings. We want to be in relationship with other people and we need it to be other women like us. So is that a Bible study for you? Is that an online community like my monthly membership where we have moms, you know, showing up together in different ways? So you know, you are not alone. You are not alone in this feeling about parenting. You are not alone wondering, what the heck do I do to get my four-year-old potty trained at night? I have tried everything. You are not alone. I do not ever want you to think you are alone. You do not have to be. Because when we feel like we are isolated or lonely or we are invisible, nobody is seeing us. We are doing all this work all day long and nobody notices. Our little people don't notice. Our husband, he really doesn't notice. Obviously, the Lord is noticing and he's taking account for all of it. But sometimes it doesn't feel like that to us. And so find your people, find your moms who are your support, who you can call and say, oh my gosh, I'm about to lose it. What? I need help. Find your mom who will be like, yep, I'll be there in 10 minutes, dragging all 13 of my other kids. We will be on your doorstep. We're going to play in the yard. You need one or two friends that literally all you have to do is say help and they will do everything else because they can save you from a meltdown and that we all need each other. And so know your people that you have, again, just other women who can come in and support you and help you in whatever way that looks like for you. 
again, your uniqueness, whatever that looks like, whatever support you need, you'll find the right people. But just be intentional that you do need them. Because I see so many moms who think, I'm supposed to be doing this all perfectly. I'm supposed to know how to do all of this on my own. I'm supposed to be able to parent perfectly and not need anybody. Okay, yeah, I can look up a couple things on the internet and find out about this. No, you were never made to be a mom by yourself with your family. You are made to be in community with other moms. And remember that your spouse parents differently than you. So he's a good resource and he's good support for you. But you also need another female because she parents like you do with the female instincts that you do. And so you will need someone like you to bounce things off of. And again, your husband's way that he's parents is complimentary. It's not supposed to be exactly like yours. That's not the way God made it. So it's best for kids to have both. They look different. But just know you need that female support. And so look for it. Okay, I am happy to tell you that I partner with moms. We walk together every month. I also have a new course called Breakthrough, and you can find me on Instagram, Kelly K. Shoup, my website, www.kellykshoup. I would love to have you journey with us. We are going to break through some of those behaviors that are holding you back from having a peaceful, loving, connected, calm household, and I would love to help you with that. So look on Instagram for that. Thank you so much. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, please share it with a friend and be sure and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. Reviews are always appreciated. As a reminder, my show is also on YouTube. In YouTube, search for Kelly K. Shoup. That's K-E-L-L-Y-K-S-H-O-U-P. Be sure to click the subscribe button and hit the bell for all notifications. To learn more about my work, helping families, or to contact me, go to kellykshoop.com. Again, that's kellykshoop.com. Thanks so much 